Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Half Moon Education Shop Talk. Today we will be talking with Rob McConnell, our Vice President of Parking Solutions at WGI. Rob's parking design and consulting experience encompasses nearly 30 years of work with airports, government, military, transit, higher education, resort, healthcare, and corporate clients. He's a member of the National Parking Association's Parking Consultants Council and a founding member of ASCE's Structural Engineering Institute. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate you you having me. Yeah. So, Rob, you know, I was telling you a little earlier, um, I was watching your presentation. I was struck by a lot of the images you showed, and I was just curious about parking structures. So, thought you could be here with us for a while, uh, explain some things about those, uh, enlighten us all. If you don't mind, maybe you could hop into a question right away. Um, why do we need parking garages, or, or why are they important? Sure. Uh, well, you know, parking is my life, so that's that's what I live for every day. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, to, to, to answer your questions, uh, um, at least from my perspective, uh, um, parking facilities are a critical component of our infrastructure and uh, uh, in the U.S. in particular, but uh, but really in the rest of the world, um, with the exception of the densest urban areas, um, our transportation systems are, are, are really centered around uh, passenger, you know, single passenger vehicles, automobiles, cars, um, and, and, and car travel. And at some point, all those cars need to be stored somewhere where people uh, are, are able to go about their business, uh, you know, living, playing, working. Um, and uh, even in uh, even in a, a, a future where there might be uh, you know robotic taxis uh, driving around and nobody owns their own car, if if that were to ever come to pass, those vehicles still need to be stored somewhere for uh, recharging and maintenance. And while you know nobody's riding in them, um, parking uh, in particular, it, it, it's we like to say it's an emotional purchase. Um, and uh, convenient user-friendly parking is, is one of the key components uh, to the success of, of any development. Um, I say parking is an emotional purchase. It uh, you know pe people are often willing to pay more uh, for convenient and nice parking. Uh, think about your own experiences. Um, Thinking, thinking further about parking when, when somebody arrives at a destination, you know, they're not there to park specifically. They're there to eat dinner or to go to a show or to go home or visit a friend or whatever. But when they arrive at that destination, the parking is the very first impression that they have of the venue. And it's also the final impression that they have as they're leaving. And, uh, and so it, it, it's, it's, it's very important that it's done well. Um, and, uh, you know, you can, you can do that. You can do parking on street, you can do parking in surface lots, but at some point, uh, land values get to the, you know, get to the stage where, uh, it, it makes sense to go vertical. And <clears throat> that's when parking garages make all the sense in the world, uh, to provide, you know, close in dense, convenient, user-friendly 
uh, park. Does that make sense? Yeah, that uh, makes a lot of sense. It's actually um, really interesting. Uh, you did mention something about um, people willing to pay. I was looking up a couple facts about parking garages. Apparently, the most expensive one in the world is in New York, or the most expensive ones are in New York. And it said that it, they can go for over a million dollars of spot. So per space, yeah, no, no <laughs> oh doubt. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say, kind of continuing forward, um, what would you say, is there like a difference between making a parking structure or making other structures? I don't know how much experience you have with other types of buildings, but I'm just imagining with holding all those cars, for example, or something of that nature, um, that they would be different. Uh, they, they're, they're, the, they're the same in a lot of respects, but they're different in, in, in some respects too. We like to say that, um, Parking structures have all the complexities of a typical multi-story building coupled with all the complexity of a highway bridge. Um, the reason I say that is because garages are exposed to snow and rain and ice and road salt, and they get heated up in the summer and cool, you know, frozen in the winter. Um, there's no thermal, you know, insulation or barrier from the outside. On top of that, they get you know wheel abrasion and snow plows and cars bouncing off of things, um, which is all the kind of stuff that you might expect uh, for a bridge. Uh, then on the other hand, you got to design them. You know they, they have columns and floors and beams and um, staircases, and you got to provide pedestrian egress, fire suppression, and uh, you got to design them to resist earthquakes and hurricanes um and then and then on top of that you gotta you gotta make sure that your pedestrians are protected from you know the vehicles that are in the building as well um and and, and then you know like like any other building um you have to design them to be uh, accessible to the disabled so it, it's it's got all the challenges that a parking garage has all the challenges of a, of a building and all the challenges of a, of a bridge or a roadway. Um, the, the building codes uh, have a, a, a building codes have a bunch of provisions that are uh, peculiar or particular to parking facilities tucked you know here and there and everywhere throughout and every every addition has a has a slight nuance or a slight reorganization of the way things are framed and Every state has a slightly different uh, adoption schedule, and um, and then you know certain states like Georgia, you know they they adopt a little bit of this code and a little bit of that code, and you know I take a little bit from the International Building Code and a little bit from the National Fire Protection Code, and um, and if if you don't stay on top of these as a as a parking designer. Um, you know, it, it, you really have to you really have to live and breathe the stuff to, to to understand it and to be able to take advantage of all the little perks in the code, but also to make sure you don't get trapped uh, by the by the code. Um, and and so yeah, there's there's that sort of difference as well. Um, that is interesting. Um, so I guess you're kind of talking about you know the differences and whatnot. Um, 
what would you say is the most uh, common, not the most difficult? I'll let you guess what my next question is. Uh, <laughs> what is the most common problem that comes about in the process of uh, creating a uh, or building a parking garage? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, you know, the, the thing the thing that comes to mind is more of a metaphysical thing. It's uh, it's uh, rather than just talking about building I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about designing and building I think I think the most common issue with designing and building a parking garage uh, is that often uh, the parking is kind of viewed as a necessary evil it's you know it's ignored or relegated to the you know handed off to the to the junior designer or or um, know just pass down the line and you know ah, we'll think about the parking tomorrow and we're not going to worry about it we're going to design the building and we'll figure out the parking later and um and it, it's not it's not a good way to to create a, a user-friendly you know welcoming environment that's you know that's the that creates the right first and last impressions that i that i mentioned a minute ago um and uh, geez, over the years, I've seen uh, plenty of examples where the design team, the owner's design team, has you know all but abdicated their responsibility to design the parking structure. You know, I've seen uh, in, in in a few extreme cases, you know, with a set of plans where 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 the designer just kind of draws a rectangle on a piece of paper and goes, okay, put me a, a 500 car garage there. And Mr. Contractor, you figure it out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> when, uh, when that's the approach, there's a whole bunch of critical pieces that are going to fall through the cracks. And I'm thinking of things like um, the drainage and the durability features and, um, waterproofing systems the you know i mentioned accessibility uh disabled accessibility um yeah, contractors not going to know not not really going to know what to do there and and uh headroom clearance god i've seen examples of, of you know built garages that just blew it completely blew it on headroom clearance um when i'm brought into a project late in the design process or, or even worse during construction I, I see these kind of problems over and over again ramp slopes another one um a <laughs> couple of the, the crazy ones i've seen uh i'm thinking of a couple that that i looked at uh you know after the fact you know after that they were already mostly constructed uh for for some residential developments um that we were brought in late to to try to troubleshoot troubleshoot some things uh one of them um the foundations were never coordinated with the slab on grade before the uh the building was constructed and you have foundations that that you know stick up through the through the slab on grade which really messes up the, you can't park there because they're blocking the parking spaces uh, another one um um that uh, again will remain nameless uh the uh, slab on grade was never coordinated with the superstructure and uh, they had some areas where the clearance was less than six feet and 
certain areas where the the um, the plumbing, you know, the, the plumbing that was supposed to be underground was actually, you know, the connections were were above grade. Oh, no. And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, when it when it's when parking's kind of the redheaded stepchild and 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 you know, kind of run, you know, push push down the way, it uh, you get. Um, get bad results and, uh, and unfortunately i've seen it too often and that makes sense i mean you know I'm, i listen to a lot of people in the construction industry and uh, unfortunately it sounds like there's a lot of mistakes that are made but you know i guess we're all human um <laughs> just just you guys deal with a lot more risk uh or um you know you guys are not supposed to be making mistakes there's a lot more backlash uh, when you guys do, as opposed to me, who maybe sends out an email with the wrong heading or something like that. So um, <laughs> at least you guys are willing to take that on for everybody. Um, I guess kind of just kind of adding to that, I mean, to would you say that what you just described, that's also sort of the most difficult problem? Or is there something that sticks out that it's like, oh, man, I never want to deal with that? Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean that that's that's a that's a pretty major one too. I mean that what I just described was 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 can lead to some pretty darn significant problems. Um, you know, I, I don't know the 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 most difficult problem. I mean, from a from a construction standpoint, everybody holds their breath until you you're up out of the ground. You never know what you're going to hit in the ground. But that I think that's probably true for for any building. You know, if you're going to hit you start poking holes in the ground and are you going to hit boulders or old foundations or some sort of weird hazardous material I and mean, we had one that they started drilling caissons and uh, and uh, we tapped into a natural gas deposit which was a mess. oh no <laughs> um, i say we uh, the uh, the contractor did um and uh, i've had others where um you know you, you start digging down and all of a sudden you find uh, uh archae things of archaeological significance and it shuts down the job for six months while the archaeologists come out there and uh dig up uh, revolutionary war era stuff or something like that uh one project uh, another project i can think of uh we found uh, some bones uh next to uh the site of an old uh, funeral parlor and that caused quite a little bit of a commotion while the state medical examiner came out there and fortunately they were determined to be animal bones as far as we know <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so uh, you know the, 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 from a construction standpoint that's probably the, the scariest part i'm not sure that that's a problem it's just a, a natural risk um from a design standpoint you know kind of Going back um, to what I had said previously, but taking it maybe a, 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 even a step further, e even when you're, you know, you have somebody, or even when the, the team has uh, um, the best intentions in mind for the parking, it, it becomes challenging to, to balance the uh, the elements of the of the program to get the right uh, 
design. You know, every every parking um, facility, and well, frankly, every every building has a budget, and um, in parking, we try to balance the uh, the initial cost with the long term uh, life cycle cost and and user comfort and you know features and and achieving that right balance um, is uh, can be pretty darn challenging especially you know working all over the country every 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 uh, location throughout the country has a has a different climate and they have a little different standards uh, <clears throat> have different expectations of what constitutes uh, convenient uh, user-friendly parking sometimes we get out in the in the Midwest or the Great Plains and they're expecting really big parking stalls and really wide spaces and big drive aisles and it you know, whereas if you do something in downtown Chicago or downtown Atlanta, everything's super tight because real estate's so tight. So, um, yeah, ultimately every every project has to be custom tailored, and and uh, you know that's that's challenging, but it's also what we kind of live for too, right? So. Yeah, that last part was um, particular interest. You know, I was going to kind of ask about you know, where you're from exactly and where you work. And then um, that is real interesting to, and it would make sense that you would get different um, kind of requests depending on where you go. Is there sort of like an average um, expectation of how long it takes to put one of these together um, from start um, to finish or does it change? No, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can use rule of thumb. Um, yeah, yeah, typically, typically it takes about six months you know, again, in a vacuum, it takes about six months to to design a parking facility. Um, now, you know, as soon as you add mixed use components or, you know, the parking is, say, the parking's part of a larger development or something like that, then, you know, all bets are off there. It could you know, stretch out for years. Um, also, um, different entities, ownership entities have different review processes and uh, my experience working with, for whatever reason my experience working with some of the European ownership groups uh, some of those projects can take a long time to make their way through just because there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen so to speak um, but uh, yeah so, so it normally takes about six months or so to, to design a facility and then you know if uh, uh, if the median size garage, according to our data, is somewhere around 660 spaces, somewhere six, you know, six to 700 spaces, a garage like that usually takes about a year to build, um, you know, assuming you don't run into any kind of crazy difficulty. Um, bigger garages obviously take more, um, different construction types take more or less time depending. And how many, so you're saying it takes about six months, maybe more. If you're working, you're committed to one project, is it you just work on one project at a time or is two or three or is it kind of like as high yeah. a ceiling for how many you could be involved in at one time? <laughs> sure, I'm sure there is. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I um, well, you know, our, our role on different, our, our role is different on different projects. If I'm doing complete design you know where we're the structural engineer and 
and um, you know, we're doing the parking design and maybe we're we're doing all the durability design and maybe we're doing the uh, mechanical electrical and maybe we're doing some of the architecture um, you know that that takes a lot of a lot of effort we're we're, we're serving as the prime and um, you can only do one or maybe two of those at any given time but you know if you if you start breaking it off into some of the components you know at any given time i might have um 10 projects going at some oh, different wow. stage of completion some that's different higher. scope yeah that's more than i would have guessed um that's yeah. that's pretty impressive I do. Um, i'm a pretty good pretty good juggler <laughs> <laughs> um something that i remember i think i recall from your presentation and you might have just touched on it um just a question out of curiosity, uh, are there, I think in your presentation you mentioned maybe different like styles of design or uh, advancements or what different, is there different ways, like does America build their parking structures generally different than um, they do in other countries or are there different techniques emerging out there that are maybe helpful or an improvement or is the, I mean, I know materials are kind of a big thing nowadays, but is there something out there that you know of that people are doing differently that's you consider an improvement? Um, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know the um, the Europeans and the Asians um, have really embraced um, some of the automated mechanical parking systems, the, you know, some, some people call them robotic parking systems. Um, those are the, the ones where you, you basically pull your car into a, into a cabin and the car gets palletized in some way and, and, and then shipped off and stored somewhere, you know, almost like an automated warehouse. Oh, wow. um, the, uh, I think, I think there's a couple factors in play there as to why they've been more widely adopted overseas. Um, real estate is crazy expensive. The, the, the population densities tend to be pretty massive. Cars tend to be a little smaller in those in those areas, so they're a little easier to, to manage and 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 move around mechanically um, versus, you know, trying to do that with a, a suburban or something like you might see or, or a F-250 pickup truck like you might see people driving here. Um, <clears throat> the uh, <clears throat> the labor, well, the, the cost to build those things is, uh, is pretty substantial. It's probably about, by the time you figure in the, um, what it costs to build the shell and install the system and, and everything <clears throat> excuse me the um, it, it, it's two to three times the cost of, uh, of you know what our typical self parking what you think of as a normal parking facility might cost here um, and then on top of that it's probably three to four times yeah I would say three times the cost to operate that on a 
mm-hmm. annual basis by the time you figure in the power requirements and the maintenance and everything else and just the the way that um, European countries and the Asian countries are structured you know the it's a different business model over there so they're able to do some of that um, but there are still you know stuff parking facilities over there I think the Dutch are doing some pretty interesting stuff with their parking you know the country's good bit of that country's technically below sea level so they're having to you know they and they've really embraced um, uh, sustainable design you know because <laughs> if sea levels rise they're in they're in rough shape so they um, they've really gone all in I, I think uh, I've seen uh, wood parking structure there at least uh, you know something that had wood framing or the wood beams um, they just built an underground garage that's uh, you know below sea level and goes way down deep into the ground and then they, they built a bicycle parking garage. So the, the Dutch are doing some pretty cool stuff. And but, that's, uh, yeah, I did not know that there were self-automating parking structures out there, but uh, I'm not surprised either to hear that somebody had that idea. So, well, you, you, in, in construction in the U S tends to be more uh, uh, financially driven, you know, okay. everything's gotta be, the, the budgets are a lot what's the right concept to the but the budgets are a lot uh, maybe maybe uh, leaner here maybe that's a better word um, and uh, you know they're they're very dollar driven and uh, the European public's works projects tend to be a little bit more open-ended and they can do some um, more uh um i don't know this is creative type of work sometimes yeah that i mean that without being an expert in our two different cultures or the two different cultures that uh that makes sense to me that that would be the case yeah. uh yeah I, I mean i hear all the time of uh europe being more progressive and various things so why not their parking structures also i would suggest or say so well, all of our all of our you know all the current techniques that we use the structural engineering techniques and, and whatnot that we uh, that we currently use uh, to make parking efficient and make parking structures efficient it all came from europe you know ultimately anyway so it just stands to reason that they're a little bit ahead of the game uh, as far as where we are versus where they are. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of I would agree with that again without being an expert in in the two cultures and, and even the field that we're talking about here. I just I wouldn't be surprised to hear that it's um, so. Uh, well, we're getting kind of close to the end of our time. Um, I want to really thank you for being here. I have gotten a lot of insight into a lot of the details that need to be considered in making these and um, definitely learn some things here. Uh, I kind of have a last question for you, maybe, you know, just kind of for fun. Is there, do you have a, like a favorite um, parking structure, parking garage anywhere, or a couple that you think are particularly neat or um, any of any, and, and anything like that, or? 
Yeah, yeah that's a, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are, I've done probably close to 500 garages myself over the years. Um, and I have a few, you know, that, that I've enjoyed working on. I, I, I did the Comerica Park, the Tiger Stadium garage. That was, that was a pretty fun job. And, um, um, we, uh, we did one in, um, Rochester, New York for the Strong Museum of Play. That's got a really cool sort of playful facade that's multicolored, undulating, and the, and, and the stair tower is shaped like a Lego guy, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, I got uh, one that uh, up in Missoula, Montana, that's got a really cool um, facade. It's got kind of some art pieces around it and everything that really kind of evokes the the terrain and the sky and everything there. It's a colored bunch of metal panels. It, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. Um, uh, there's a, there's a few other ones that I wasn't involved with, uh, that, you know, some of, uh, some of the, the other folks in the industries have done that are, that are pretty neat. There's a, uh, a garage at the Texas medical center in Houston. That's got a waterfall coming over the side of it. That's kind of neat. Oh, neat. Uh, I, I, I'd hate to be the one to have to, keep up with the waterproofing systems on that it, it was pretty cool the, the the kansas city public library garage the facade of that looks like book spines you know in a, on a shelf that that's pretty cool um yeah i mean we, we just you know something that's not quite as sexy as that but uh, uh another one that i like that we just finished the garage at uh, norfolk airport that's you know nine levels 3200 spaces and it's wow. nice and clean and open and um, functions really well. And then and on, on top of everything else, it's got a, a, a double threaded spiral helix, you know, that us parking engineering types can really nerd out about. It was you know, <laughs> really challenging to do, but it, uh, it worked out really well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, that's too bad. I realized that we're not, we have no video, so we can't show the pictures or anything, but I think when I get off here, I'm going to, um, maybe try to track some of the, maybe there's some pictures on the internet or something I can track those down. I'm, I'm um, sure there are. <laughs> so, well, that's uh, really interesting. And I, um, I, like I said, I definitely got some insight here and learned some things. Uh, so we really appreciate you being with us, Rob, um, everybody listening, Rob speaks for us um, here and there throughout the year. He just gave a course on parking structures, which I thought was excellent. Um, so definitely uh, feel free to join us again. Um, I, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up and um, we'll be back with the next episode in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs>